Today's daf, we learned daf tetvav. And the Mishnah, when, uh, yesterday, we, we, this is the we've been learning, is So'or shechulin v'shel trum v'shanaf lud hoch isa, lo bazeh kadeh lechametz v'lo bazeh Right, we had some sourdough of both of chulin and truma. They both fall in. They don't have enough to cause it to leaven. We saw Chachamim said, "Well, that's a case of zevas gorim. It doesn't matter what the order is. It's mortar." However, the Rebbeleizer says we go achar achar acharon. We go what in came last, meaning if the truma is the one that brought this dough up to leavening, well, that's what caused zevas asur and otherwise not. However, the question is that makes sense if you've got an order. The Gemara asks, That makes sense if they're falling in one after the other. Meaning, I can understand what's happening according to the, what Reb Liezer. However, What if it fell in the same time? So what would he say? We can learn it from as follows. In other words, if they're falling simultaneously, there is no Acharon. What then, what then would Reb Liezer say? So we say... Um, we can learn from the following case, and that's Chametzam Shel Kutim. Now, the Kutim, they, uh, again, the Kutim, as we know, they were the, the Stromronim and the like, that they um, didn't keep Torah Shaval Peh, and they had their own understandings of Torah based on however they intuited it. And what's actually interesting is, is that um, I know someone who is like an academic translator, and he was did some he was doing some translating, uh, and for, I think, from the Shomronim, for the, the modern-day Kutim, and he was basically, in a nutshell, translating their Torah Shabbat Peh. <laughs> in other words, they disagreed over the centuries Torah Shabbat Peh, but over the years, they developed their own understanding of Torah Shabbat and they've codified it in a way that they've effectively ended up agreeing with us. Okay, um, <laughs> Over the years, fighting against Torah Shabbat Peh, and they've codifying it. Anyway, I found that very interesting. Sorry, let's just focus on the Shia now. In other words, so we say, So the problem is, they, they say that the, we start counting Omer, the famous debate. Okay? So, so therefore, they understand. So, for them, it kind of works out better if Pesach coincides with Shabbat. Okay? Because that way, the first day of when the Omer is counting is literally Shabbat, and then it coincides nicely for them, um, for the counting of Omer. However, um, so therefore, sometimes they would, if you like, fudge the dates of when Rosh Chodesh is and come up with Pesach differently. So therefore, effectively, because they're being offset by a day or two, their chametz would be chametz, actually. They're already making chametz when they think their Pesach is finished, and it's actually still Pesach for us. And therefore, we have chametz shavarlah but a Pesach. Okay? So therefore, you've got the issue of chametz shavarlah Pesach. The question is, okay, how long do I have to wait before I can buy bread off these kutim again? Because they've made the sourdough that they're using to make their bread is chametz shavarlah but a Pesach. Okay? The Gemara now says, when it comes to that's after three weeks. Because it seems people make their chalas from Shabbos to Shabbos, if you like. And therefore, once it's been dull, reused, the sourdough, three times. So what happens is, well, after you make bread, you take some of the dough and use that as a starter for the next dough you're going to make. So once it's happened three times, the original dough is diluted so much, if you like, that it becomes mutar. They're making bread once a week. Shabbat meaning from the week prior. So week number one, they're using that's from The second week is going to have some of the sourdough from the week prior. That's still going to have some tam, some flavor, 
really carrying over from the Chametz on Pesach. And by week three, ad, until the third week of usage, that's when the reuse already, the, you no longer have the tam, it says here, batel tam has to or harishon. Okay. However, if you're dealing with shanachtomim, if you're dealing with bakers, it depends where they're from. If it's bekrachim in big, big cities, then it's after three days because they are making bread on a daily basis and you have this dilution occurring already in three days. Okay. However, shanachtom shukvarim, that in villages where they don't produce a lot of bread, and they might have been producing bread, bread every day, then it's achar shalosh tanarim. So after three batches, it could happen in three days, it could happen in seven days. It depends what it is. So Rabbi Shimon Blazer comes and qualifies each one. Even though we say balabatim will take three weeks because they bake only once a week. Um, but this is like the im. If he has, if it's talking about a respectable person that produces bread more regularly, or or he's marrying off his son, and therefore he is baking more frequently than the norm, then we say shalosh tanarim b'shabbat then even if it was three ovens worth, even if it took, it was over six, eight days, whatever, it doesn't matter, we don't, then even for other balabai, it would be mutar. Because again, the idea is it has to go through three generations. Let's call it that. Even though we said by a nachtom in the krachim that, um, that it's actually three days because they bake on a daily basis, Again, Vahu, Vahu is like Im once again. Shenidchak, if he's pressured and he's producing new ovens worth, like a large amount, three ovens worth, so you can actually have three generations in one day, then we say it's motar. However, um, then we say in the next case, the Tani Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon also qualifies one at something else. He says, even though we say that those in the Kfarim, Lachar Shalosh Tanarim, that it's after three ovens worth because they don't necessarily bake every day, and but it's not weekly. They bake uh, every few days or whatever they need because it's again a smaller community, but it's not weekly. Nonetheless, if it's um, if it's uh, it says Achol Shaimim Asurim, why Shemeshacharit Bodeh Losa Or Lekolotohayom? What that means is if we have in our Kedri Rukhaim. He says, despite the fact we said by Nakfarim that it's three ovens worth, if you like, but in a kfar, if they happen to do three ovens on one day, it would still be Asur. Unlike we said in the Krachim in the big cities. Why is it different in a kfar? That is because Shabakfarim ain't sarikhlikikaratabe, because they don't need a lot of bread. Even if they do many batches on shacharit, what he will do is, let's say his ovens are smaller, so his batch of so'or he's going to separate will be one batch for three ovens worth. So you're not going to go through three generations. You're just going to have one bit of so'or that's split across three ovens in the case of a kfar. It's different to a krach. Okay? Let's continue. Uh, next case. Now, what's the proof? We say, Oto the second generation bread, which said is mutar. We say, But one second, isn't that being leavened from a mixture of the sourdough that was from Pesach and the other sourdough, the dough that were combined with in generation number one? So therefore, you see what? You see that, and let's continue. Whose shitter is this that says, Zeva Zegorem would be Asu? If Kapi Chachamim, Chachamim says, Zeva Zegorem is mutar. 
Remember, we said if the, some chimuts from uh, some truma and chulin fall in, fall in, it doesn't matter what the order is, it's mutar. So the fact is, it must be shit rebeliezer. And we're saying if it's bevatachad, it would be what? We said the second ration is asur. So you see, even bevatachad, it would be problematic. The only way it'd be mutar is if it was the truma, then followed by the heter after it. But bevatachad, we see quite clear from this case because of the we, the second generation of bread from Litz Kutim after Pesach Asur, we see Bevatachad will be Asur. Now let's see how that spells out, falls out in the Gemara. Omar Yirmiya, Yirmiya B'Shem Rebbe Shimon Ben Lakish, Man Tana Chamitzam Shal Nochri, who's, how can we only understand this whole sugya of Chamitzam Shal Nochri? It must be Shit Rebbe Liezer. Because again, he says, Zagram would be Asur. V'am Rebbe Yossi L'Rebbe Chanina, Antonia, Nahirat, I remember, Dehavitan Marin, that you taught, Married at you, the Rebbe Yirmiya, Rebbe Yirmiya is also taught, both of you taught, B'Shem Rebbe Shimon Ben Lakish, Man Tana, who taught the case of Hamitzam Shalkut, and that's Rebbe Yirmiya. The Anan Leinan Amrin Ken, we don't say this, that it's exclusively Shit Rebbe Yirmiya, Ella, Rav Hila B'Shem, we hold like Rebbe, Sh- Rebbe Hila said in name Rebbe Shimon Ben Lakish, that Yardu Lechem Tzam Shalkutim Kerebeliezer, that even though Chachamim normally say in the case of Zev Zer Gorim is Mutar, they would agree with Rebel Yezer in the case of the Chamitzam Shilkutim. That, again, second generation of bread would be Asur. Why? What's different? Oh, because we're doing with Chametz. And always it's Chametz because the Isul Karet were more Machmuba by Chametz. Okay? So therefore, the Od Minhad, I can show from here, the Amara Bichinana Berei de Ravavahu, the Rebbe Abba says, Havale Uvda, that incident. Shalach Sha'al Rebchiyav Rabias Rabiyasa Rabbi Imi. He sent questions to Rebchiyah, Rabiyasa, and Rabbi Imi. The Orin lay, and they told him that's Ukarebeliezer. They taught that they, they, they Paskin like Rabbiezer. So Maki Yachidemore, can they be Paskin like Yachid? Usually Yachid against Rabbim, the Halach is like who? It's like Rabbim. So how they're Paskin like Rabbiezer. So he says, no, they're not Paskin like Rabbiezer in the face of Chachamim, but rather Lomishum Shiyadel Chamitzam Shel Kutim, but rather in the case of Chametz of Kutim. Because it's chametz, there are more, even the chachamim would agree with the is the more machmir in the case of zeva zegorem. Okay, that's the idea. So next, so Amar Rebbe Mana Kamei Rebbe Yasa Heich Mata Amar Taman Alach Kerebli Yezer Vaka Alach Kerebli Yezer. Okay, you said there in the case of chametz of Shalkuti in the halach of Rebbe Yezer. Do you also say in our mission the halach of Rebbe Yezer as well? The chametz was there going to be asked? Who says no? Amar Levi Lachol Davar. Really, you think I'm saying everything? No, that was a specific case. Again, like we've been saying, the specific case of a chametz, a case of chametz, we're machmir by. But in general, we paskin like the chachamim, but zeh vazeh gorem would be mutar. Okay, next Mishnah. Kalim shesacham b'shemen tamer. So we've got kalim, you've treated, you've uh, put oil over it with shemen tamer. The chazar, and then you've also treated it again a second time. So important to understand is, it absorbed it, it dried, you immersed it in a mikveh, so it's tahor. Then you treated, did a second coating, if you like, with shemen truma. We say it's uh, sorry, shemen tahor, not truma, shemen tahor, or or you did it the other way around. Shasacham b'shemen tahor v'chazav b'shemen tamer, and then waited for it to dry in the midst of the mikvah. So now that you've done two coats, okay, one coat of either tamer followed by tahor, both of them you entirely the clean between and drying it, or vice versa. So the question is, what's the dinner this clean? So Rebbeleizer Omer Achar Harishon Aniba. I go by the first one, meaning if the first oil used was tamer, this kli will now be tamer versus other, as a, and, and not, well, it's a question about the other, or, the other way around, but let's have a look why. Because this, I'll read Reb Chaim, he says, the first, the acharon, if you like, the second coating, the oil goes in, it gets absorbed, 
v'dochet et arishon, and therefore pushes out that which was observed fir, absorbed first, and therefore that clear would be tame. Okay, that's kind of the way Reb Chaim explains it. Again, uh, this sugi is explained different, like most of the sugi. We're going to explain Reb Chaim, which I think follows the Gram mostly in here. Okay. However, the Chachamimorim says achar achar acharon. We actually don't say that. They say that what, that which was absorbed is absorbed, and therefore the thing that came in second is the more readily um, uh, readily expelled as a result. Okay, so in other words, whatever's second, I've got to worry about being expelled or not. Okay, so let me just explain this Kalim thing. I just want to, I might as well do a What's the taste of Kalim we're talking about? So Kalim, he, he says, we're dealing with like a shoes of leather. Okay, leather shoes. The Shar Kalim and other Kalim, like other Kalim, that's the manner to put the oil on them to soften it. The Imsacham Beshem and Tamer, Nitmau. The Hacha, he is my Rebishit, hit Bil Etakli, that we've immersed the Kli, the Chazar Vasachan, and then you've also put a Shemataya, or Ofshan Yadar either around. Okay? We hit Bil Etakli, the Vasachan, your Termidai, and you put too much oil in it that you see you can notice that the oil is coming out. Okay? Now the question is, what's that oil that's coming out? Is it the first or the winner or the second one? And that's a machloka. Okay? Fine. So back to the Gemara. So my time at the Rebeliezer. Now here the Gra changes the girsa a little bit, so it makes a bit more sense. Um, to us. So why it's, what's a shit rebeliezer? Well, makes a coin right, sense according to the way we're explaining it here. So he says, my time rebeliezer, and here we insert the words, that which came second, it pushes out the first. My time the Rabbana, what's a shit rabbanan? And we don't have any Gemara, says, because now we continue with the Gemara, harishon meaning when it's polet, What's going, to, what's going to be polet first? What's the first thing to be expelled? The last thing that came in, because the first thing that came in is more like deeply absorbed, if you like, and the thing that came second is more one readily expelled. Okay, that's the that's the idea. Okay, now, so I'm Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yezer, which we're going to see, Shneim Amru Davarachad. They both say the same thing. Now, this is a complex mission we're going to be learning from, from a Sekhla Para. Um, there are so many ways to understand in the Rishonim. Um, if you look at Kahati, he, 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 or any other Mishnahs, if you like, the, the, everyone explains the issue of play differently. But we're going to again explain a Rav Chaim, as we always do, to be faithful to our derech. Um, I might give you hints of other shit as well as we go along, but let's have a look. You've got a tzluchit. So here we're dealing with the mechat, the, the mechatat. So what's a mechatat? Do, if someone comes to Tamimet, what you have to do, how do you make them tahor? Well, they first find a paraduma. They they make matching all the qualifications. Misach the parcel dedicated to this. But effectively, they get the ashes after they burn it. It's, it's checked out outside Yerushalayim. They get the ashes and put those ashes on spring water. Then they get the ezov, this uh, hyssop, if you like, and they dip it in. And they take that in and sprinkle it on the individuals on the first, first and seventh day, uh, third and seventh day, sorry, third of the tahara process to make it tahor. Now, what we're saying is, what happens if this flask has a very narrow neck? We say, tovel, you can stick the the um, Ezov inside, Kedarko, and then keep sprinkling. There's no, there's no concern, even though that the, the Pietzar. However, Rabbi Yehuda Omer Hazarishon, only the first one is okay. Now, what's the concern here? Now, there's so many different concerns we could be saying. However, again, I'll read Rabbi Chaim to make it clear. He says, The first one you can do. The second one, no. Why? Because the neck is narrow. When the Ezov is coming out, it's going to squish it. It's going to It's going to compress it. And what's going to happen? Some of the moisture, the natural juices, if you like, of this Ezov are going to come out. Which is not kasha for mechatat at all. The apostle of mechatat. 
Okay, meaning for either for a thousand or let's say it doesn't work on individual. The Sphira Leila Rabbi Yehuda, the Hazar the first Hazar you do, it's going to be okay. Why? Because on your Ezov, there's still enough Mechatat, let's say on the edges, if you like, enough to do Hazaya. However, the second one you goes in, the juices of the Ezov already come out. And therefore, what? The Mechatat are going to go inside, if you like, and take its place of the juices. Won't take its place, but with Dochka and then push out the Meyazov. That's it. And that's exactly kind of Rebbe That's exactly like Rebbe that he says, Achara Acharon. So that's right. Acharon Motiat Rishon, because that which comes later pushes out that which comes in first. In other words, displaces it and pushes it out, if you like. So that sounds like Rebbe. So that's what we're saying that Rebbe Shimon here is like Rebbe Because Rebbe Shimon says the first time you go in, it's okay, because when you pull it out, there's going to be enough, uh, there's still been enough of Mechatat on it to do the Hazayah. The Rebbe Chaim explains it. Um, and, but the second time you go in, the, what's going to happen? You've already displaced a lot of the juices. And when you go in and try and draw up more mechatat, that's going to push. What's going to happen? It's going to get absorbed in the Ezov. And what's going to be coming out when you want to do the sprinkling? It's going to be the juices. And that's going to be puzzle. It's, that, that you can't, it, that's it. It's game over. You can't do it anymore. Okay? That's what it sounds like. Now, there are other explanations of what they've been going wrong here. For example, the Rambam says the issue is actually we're scared you're going to be pulling up some liquid from the walls. The other shit to say they're scared about the juices falling in. But again, I want to simplify this. And if you want to look at this, uh, it's a Mishnah in Parab Perik Yud Bet, sorry, Parak Bet Mishnah Bet. You see it in more details. But we're going to continue with Reb Chaim. Again, it fits in nicely with the Rishon because the whole discussion here is the liquids going in and pushing something out, which is really parallels that what we're talking about here. So we say, Kama the Rebbe Yehuda, just as Rebbe says, Harishon Motzit Arachron, just as is clear, Rebbe Yehuda says, the um, it's probably the acharon is motiat arishon really, that the acharon is pushing out the rishon. That's where that's the way the gra changes it, meaning that which came in pushes out what was in there first. Ken Rebbeiezer Omer Afahach he says also the acharon is motiat arishon. So I'm switching the words once again. Okay, so now the Gemara says fine. I've aligned Rebbe Shimon along with the Chachamim, but now we ask a different question. Ad kunu besachmi kanu sheni. The whole, cons- the, what, what Rebbe Yezer says that the Rishon's pushing out the, sorry, the Acharon is pushing out the Rishon, that only makes sense as if I've been coding on one side and I'm noticing some oil coming out on the other side. Because then it's clear that what I'm placing on here is pushing something that's inside it out. You hear? So that's how I can understand how Rebbe Yezer might say the Acharon is pushing out the Rishon. This, in other words, I'm concerned what was absorbed first because that which was on the outside is pushing in it because I can, I can see evidence of it coming out on the other side. However, what happens if that's not the case? Matsami Khan, what happens if Sachmi Khan or Mitsami Khan, what happens if that's not the case? I was coding on one side and I'm noticing only the oil coming out on the same side I was just coding it. Do we still say Rebliezer as Koshesh still says that what happened is it sort of went in and did a U turn and pushed the oils in first out? Okay. Is that the same? Do we still say that? Is, that, is he still still concerned? Or we just simply say that they would agree to come in that if you like the what which was absorbed first is staying in there and it's super saturated such that anything that came after can't is isn't uh, is is coming straight out again. So we say no shemimahad. I can explain from a different case. I'm Rabbi Val B'Shem Rabbi Yochanan. This goes back to our case of mechat of of mechatat. It says davar losaf davar tzluchit. It's not just a case when the neck is narrow. Even if it was a very broad 
um, jug, such that you could dip the Ezov in and take it out without a press against the walls, that would still be the case. In other words, he's concerned that it's not just because of the pressure or anything, but that which is in is pushing, the Achron is pushing something with the inside out. So he says, Ramar Yochanan, that says that Rabbi Yehud of Rabbi named they both say the same thing. So if we're saying that Rabbi Yochanan says Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Yehud are saying the same thing, we can learn Shittat Rabbi Yehud from Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi the Para. So it says, therefore, it lechalamei mataman besach mikan umitzah besad sheni, lo, it's a besach mikan umitzah mikan, afach besach mikan umitzah mikan. So in other words, what he's saying is, Ari Rukhaim says, when you matbil an ezov, besafal, who matbil kechat, he's putting the whole thing in, and the maim is coming, mikol sadav, is coming from all sides. So it's it's more comparable to the case of the moisture coming out on the side that you put the new one in. Okay? Not going from one side to the other, because it's completely immersed in. So therefore, mikol sadav, vadoch kanamileke, there's no doch, there's no pressure squeezing it out, because it's a big, open-necked, um, type of container. It's like the case where I've where I've only applied oil to one side and I see the oil coming out on that same side. So nonetheless, we say the Rabbi Yehuda there says, Acha, we go Acharon. Acharon Rishon. The, sorry, the Acharon pushes out the Rishon no matter what. So so to here too, Afhacha would say the Rebeliez would say the same thing. Even if I've been treating only one side of this shoe or the clee, whatever it is, it's normally treated with oil to soften it. Then, um, and we only see evidence of coming out the same side that I implied it, applied it, sorry. Then we, then even then, Rebeliezer Rebli, says we, that the Achon was docheket arishon, and if the first oil that was applied was Tameh, I'd have to be concerned that oil was Tameh. Okay? Fine. Let's look at the next Mishnah. So, Truma v'shel Kilea Kerem. So, it shows, um, and so here we've got Sor Truma and Kilea Kerem. Shana'af lul tochisa, the fellow from him bread. And we say, Now, importantly here, Truma is motor to Kwanim, but it's asu to Zarem. And Kila Kerem is asu to everybody. That's the point. We need Starfu, and they combine together the Chimtsu, and they both uh, cause it to leaven. So we say it's asu to Zarem. Quite clear it's asu to Zarem, because we've got the two Isarim combining. He can't have Truma, and he can't have Kila Kerem. However, it's Mutar le Kwanim. The Kwanim is at Mutar. Why? Because they, the only thing that's asu to him is a Kila Kerem. And a kile kerem on its own wasn't enough to cause a leavening, so therefore it's not going to ask for the mixture. Again, we're assuming there's already 200 times the part that fell in. Now, Rabbi Shimon is matir. Rabbi Shimon says, um, he's matir. Why? Both the Zarin and for the Koinim, because he says, Isurim and Omit Starif, as we've seen previously. Now we see a similar case. Tavalin, Mishel, Truma, Vishel, Kile, Kerem. We've got different spices, one of Truma and one of Kile, Kerem. Shenaf, Lulotoch, Akdeira, they both uh, fell into a pot. So these, these condiments or these extra spices and like that, each of them was enough to impart a flavor. But need start when they're combined. It sounds like exactly the same case. The, um, but they, so we need start when they're combined with tibilu. The tibilu, right? The tibilu. In that situation, because the, for the czar, both the truma and the kila kerem are asked to him, it would be asul. But for the kohen, the only thing that was asul was a kila kerem, and on its own was enough to metabel. So therefore it's muta. Rabbi Shimon once again says, Matir, even for the Zarim and the Kohenim, because the Zarim, because he says, Ne'er Isrim lo mitzdarfim. Now, why do we need both cases? The Rosh Cerulea says, well, the first case, since it's, they're both Sa'or, and it's almost like Min Biminol, that's why you might think that, um, in that situation, sorry, he says, Mishum de Sa'or, Gabe Isa Min Biminol, Haval Betavlinim Bekteira, Havim Min Besha'enim Minol. 
So but it's it, it, one's a mimino, one's not mimino, and it's important to teach they're both cholek in both situations. That's basically the point. Okay, let's have a look at the next. The Gemara it says social trauma versus We've got social trauma and shvit that fall into some dough. Importantly, here we're talking about shvit and we're talking about svichin, svichin na asurim. Each of them don't have enough to do it. We say velo bazeka delechametz, velo bazekametz. We say v'nistar from the combine v'chimtzu and cause it to eleven. We say asur lezarim. It's clearly asur to it's asur lezarim because both svichim and truma asur to him. And it's more to the koanim. It's more to the koanim because koanim the only thing is asur is is a sviche shvid which are not on, on, on its own wasn't enough. Okay. And Rabbi Shimon is matu once again. This is exactly like our Mishnah. This is where it gets interesting. What if they both had bazekede lechametz or bazekede lechametz? They both had enough. We need start when they combine the chimtzu and they and it caused to the mechametz. We say asur lezarim the lekohanim. It's asur to both of them because each of these objects themselves are asur, and each on their own would have been enough to to uh, asur for the kohen as well. Kishvit the svichim on their own would have been enough. Our Rebbe says is matir lekohanim. The change the word from zarim to kohanim. Rebbe Shimon, Rebbe Shimon, it's actually mutar lekohanim. The Gemara asks, one second, I understand. Rebbe Amar Rebbe Yochanan by ma bein truma etzel zarim or ma bein shvit etzel kohanim. I don't understand. If you're asuring, asuring it to the Kohanim, so, so the Zarin, that's because Truma is Asur, right? So therefore, Shvid itself is Asur. And if it's Yesh Bezeh Kedeh Lechametz, if that's got enough to cause a Chimutz, then it should be Asur the Kohanim because of the Shvid that's in the mixture. So we say, no, Truma etzel Zarim Asur, Shvid etzel Kohanim Muteret. So we said, Truma by uh, Zarim is Asur, but Shvid by Kohanim is Muteret. That doesn't make sense. So the Gemara says, Hazar comes back by Amar of Yochanan. Tiftash and Afal Orshal Truma Tchila. The Truma fell in first, and Lo Bata Shvit Elalifkom. And then the, what happened? The Shvit came in second, and because it's second, it was Pogem. So therefore, for the Zar, it's also because of the Truma, but because of the Kohen is allowed to have Truma, and the Shvit came after, it's not ten tan nifgam. And it must be going to Shinta said not ten ten tan nifgam. He's imparting a negative flavor. It's not going to also it. Okay, so Rabbi Yezab Rabbi Shimon Beshita Daviv. Rabbi Yezab Shimon seems to be like the shit of his father. Now Gemara says, what does that mean? Ma Beshita Daviv. Kamad Rabbi Shimon Shimon Amar not nein ta'amim lifgam mutar. Just as Rabbi Shimon says that no ten ta'am lifgam is mutar, so too can Rabbi Yezab Rabbi Shimon holds no ten ta'am lifgam is mutar. So too Rabbi Yezab Shimon says no ten ta'am is mutar. That's why he says if it's shvir, sorry, truma followed by shvir, it's mutar to the koanim because it's pogem. Amr Rabbi Abba Mari says, no, I can't even explain it that fell in simultaneously. Ma hu b'shita daviv. What does it mean like shita daviv? The Rabbi Shimon says, call svichim mutarim. Because he holds like his father, there's no iso svichim. Svichim mutarim. So that's why it's brought to the Kohanim, because the svichim aren't problematic. So it's Ken Rabbi Yezah says, Amar kol svichim mutarim. So it says, ah, klum Rabbi Shimon amar svichim sheyerek. But one second, when he says svichim mutarim, that's talking about vegetables. Here, if it's sourdough, this is dilma, the svichim is rhyme. It's talking about grain as well. So he says, no, but come to he, we, we established it as what? He svichim yerek, he svichim rhyme. However, Rabban de Kisrin also try and establish it to explain the shit if it fell in simultaneously, why it would be mutar to the koanim and asur to the zarim. Zarim, sorry. And we're talking about there was enough kedelechametz of both the truma and enough kedelechametz of the, of the shvid, the svichim shvid. So his Armin Achat Beshita Aviv. He holds like his father how? Achat Beshita Aviv that what that that uh so that um Aviv Khadi Beshita Khamim. Beshita Aviv Mushum not nay Tamlith Gamiz Mutar. The first point is holds like his father not ten Tamlith Gamiz Mutar. Okay. And Beshita Aviv Mushum Shemot Mistarfim. What does that mean? 
He holds on ten ten not ten tanif gummies mortar. That's why initially it, it's lashbiach because initially when they both fell in, it actually improved the bread as coins to rise. But because there was too much, eventually it was nifgam. So by the time it was nifgam, it's not ten tanif gum. The isurim is get the 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 it was by the time there was enough if you like a quantity, it's pogam. Therefore, the shvi was pogam. Therefore, it's mutar to the konim. Ah, what about the beginning? What about the beginning when it had a the, the, it was mashpiach? So initially there wasn't enough of a shear of each of them to become iso. They'd have to meet starif. Oh, so that's why it's asos lezarim because he holds like his father. So he, he holds like sorry the chachamim that shtei shemot mitzdarfim. The two isrim can combine. That's why for a zar it's asur because for a zar it is um, both the trauma and the shvir asur to him. But for the coin at that stage it's not enough shvir to make it asur. That's why for the coin it's mutar. Okay, let's just do the next mission then we'll end. The Gemara now says, the mission says, Chatikach shel kodesh kodesh kodeshim v'shel v'shel pigul v'shel notar shnit balshu imachatichot asu imachatichot. We say asul lazarim umutal lekoanim. So the chatikach of kodesh kodesh kodeshim is mutar lekoanim, and it got mixed up with pigul or notar. Pigul is that which is one of the four avodot. So shchita, for example, or kabbalat adam was done with the machshava of either eating or from the korban chutzos lizmano. Okay. Beyond the time we were able to eat it, or beyond the time we're allowed to be offered on the Mizbeach. Even though everything else is done properly, there's an Isul Karad associated with that Korban, that's Pigul. Notar is it literally, physically, the Korban was left past the time it was meant to be offered. So we've got pieces of korba, of a Korban that a coin can eat, mixed with Korban that are Asur. However, it got cooked up with other meat, and each of them on their own of these two different objects that fell in is not enough to also the pot. But together it was. So therefore, for, for a czar who's not allowed to eat kodesh kodeshim, is not allowed to eat notar, they can combine to make the pot asur. However, it's mutar lekoanim. But the koanim, the only asur component is the pigul or notar, and therefore, it, and it's not it was battle on its own. Now, Rabbi Shimon says he's matter lazar and the koanim once again because he holds that the isurim are not mitzdarfim, so therefore everyone can have it. Now, finally, basar kodesh kodeshim or basar kodesh kalim shin bashful in basar ataiva. We go basar kodesh kodeshim and basar kodesh kalim. Now, basar kodesh kalim. From Mishlamim is mutar lazarim. If you if you or I bring a korban, we can eat. We eat from the the meat from the shlamim. However, koche koche like a chatat, that basar is given to the kohanim, and it's asul lazarim. And that was cooked with basar taiva. Once again, we say it's asul letzmeim umutar le tohorim. So in that situation, it's asul letzmeim and mutar the kohanim. What does this mean? I'll show you. Reb Chaim says it's it's asul letzmeim because mishum tumat. However, it is because a zar is allowed to eat this mixture because it's, because there's not enough in that mixture of the koche koche to make it asur. So therefore, there's a full shear if you like impacting kodesh. So the kodesh part is not battle. That's why a tamer person can eat it. But a zar who's tower would be able to eat from the korban because if you like. The only part that's also to a tower person is a koche koche, which is effectively not enough to impart a flavor. But nonetheless, they can combine together to make the tamayim can't have it. And even would agree. Why? Because despite the fact isurim can't combine, here, it's not isurim combining here. It's got a shem kodshim. It's almost like one isur that a tam is not allowed to have part of korbanot, and therefore they would combine to say that a czar wouldn't be able to eat. From this mixture. Oh, anyone wouldn't be able to take from that mixture who's time. Okay, that's sure. Everyone have a good day. Cool.